This is Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn practical strategies to drive consistent and predictable growth. In this interview, I chatted with Frank Rocchio, Strategy and Innovation Manager at Loan for a Creative, to learn how they implemented a new framework that helps them drive more predictable growth. This framework provided a more clear formula for them to hit revenue goals and a better understanding of why they did or didn't hit them in a sort of post-mortem. And as a result, they could understand what worked, what didn't, and better plan for future growth. I hope you enjoy it. Frank, thank you so much for coming on Metrics and Chill. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Can you give listeners like your 30-second elevator pitch of Loan for a Creative? What is it? What pains do you solve? What do you all do? Who's a good fit to come work with you? Loan for Creative simply is a digital marketing agency. Uh, more than that, though, we help B2B technology and service companies uh, tell powerful stories throughout their digital presence. Uh, the way that we do that is, let's say, brand clarity, brand alignment, whatever you want to call it, both in like messaging, positioning, strategy, basically getting the who you are, what do you do, and why it matters right. And then uh, the second is digital presence. So websites, inbound marketing, content marketing would be the main cores of that. And then marketing technology. So uh, trying to figure out ways we can automate systems, make the, the first two pieces a lot easier and simpler for people and um, try and help companies move a little bit more efficiently. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about um, a concept, which I, I think is going to be relevant for a lot of B2B leaders, um, whether they're agencies or, you know, any other type of business, which is kind of how you, how you set goals that are reverse engineered out of revenue. Like you're setting these goals or targets that you reverse engineer out of revenue. And you've taken some steps recently, it sounds like to, have a better idea earlier on in the process, whether you're on or off track of these goals, you, you have a more predictable uh, methodology in terms of uh, hitting your goals, knowing when you're off and, and those kinds of things. Before we get into that, let's talk about, start me like before you made some of these changes, what was kind of the old way you were setting goals either quarterly or annually? What did that process yeah, so I'll go back a while and then I'll, I'll kind of also talk about some some more, I don't know, semi-recent changes. Cool. Um, about, I think it was about two years ago, uh, we started using a system called EOS. It's a pre-established system. That's not something we came up with. Um, I think it stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. Um, it's designed for businesses to basically have a goal-setting framework. Before that, uh, we have a great leader, by the way, if he listens to this, he can uh, <laughs> feel me sucking up to him. Just kidding. I love him. Tyler Pygett is our CEO and, and visionary around those things. And so we did, we had an okay way of setting goals before that, but what a goal setting system implemented into our company helped us with is get everyone aligned on that same goal. So have a lot of like clarity for everyone in the organization to understand what those are where like usually the more you grow that can feel quite distant like leadership and you know c-level individuals have kind of the clarity and then down below it's like how are we even connected to this goal what is, you know what's going on in between so implementing that system overall like again that was closer to like two years ago has been huge um we could talk about that more you know, if we want, but basically it breaks down into different departments, into different individuals, and it all reverse engineers off of those kind of like higher level output goals around revenue, profitability, all that type of stuff that our leadership team works off of uh, to create those. So 
the first thing would be that it would be the EOS system and the framework is like what we work on. And that lays out a great format for setting goals um, for the company, for departments, for teams and for individuals that all kind of align with that. Um, is that, have you heard of that? Is that familiar to, to you at all or similar? The, name, the name sounds familiar, but I'd love to, uh, you know, we don't, have to, but at some point to dig into what that is for listeners who maybe are curious to implement or, or are looking for a framework. Um, sure. And did you say that was you? You started and you implemented EOS two years ago. Correct. Uh, maybe give or take uh, a little bit, but yeah, our our CEO brought that in. We all kind of like read through. They have a book. They have multiple books actually uh, based on it, and you can kind of go through and get a better understanding of what the framework is, um, how it works. And we can spend a couple minutes on what that is if you want. Um, but even since then, we've also implemented. Uh, other more like internal ways of trying to understand how to accomplish those goals. So, uh, and that would be within the past couple of maybe months or the last two or three quarters where EOS is a system that basically it starts with vision. Uh, we have a great visionary team as far as our leadership team and they help establish like, you know, who do we want to be? Where do we want to go? What do we want to pursue? Um, and we're small enough and dynamic enough to where that's, you know, a great starting point. Um, and then the revenue goals and profitability, all that gets built kind of off of that and, and all the, the factors that go into it. Um, but even the, the breakdowns from that, a lot of those are still outputs. It's like, what do we want to achieve in order to achieve the bigger goal? It's like mini achievements to the, or I should say micro to the macro. Uh, okay achievement there, but it still leaves a lot of um, loose ends as far as like, well, what are the, how do we know what worked? How do we know what didn't work kind of deal as it, as it comes to like actually achieving our growth, actually achieving those revenue numbers. And so there's some tasks that come out of that. There's, there's a thing called rocks. That's like, Hey, this is our quarterly rock that we're pushing forward. Um, you have weekly scorecards and things like that, that you're you know measuring metrics on a week by week basis, depending on your role and department. Um, so that we, that has definitely been, I mean, probably better than any other company I've worked at uh, a phenomenal way of goal setting and keeping track of those goals for sure. Um, it's just since then, we've also maybe seen ways that we can build on that as far as like, what are the tangible inputs that we can start looking at on a day or daily, weekly, monthly basis in order to actually achieve those things. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it sounds like before EOS, um, you the pains were, okay, we need some structured method, some framework or some system to actually repeatedly forecast growth and set goals every year that we're aiming at in a rinse and repeat way. So EOS was rolled out two years ago at the company and that framework was effective in that it gave you step-by-step -step direction in how to set, get everyone on the same page. You started to measure some stuff, but it sounds like the main thing, and I do want to go through an example of that, but the, it sounds like the main thing it was lacking was you kind of would, let's say you ran EOS for a year, you would come to the end of the year. And is it fair? Like what was still missing? What is it fair to say? Yeah. Like you still didn't quite know what was working, like what, like, Hey, we hit our number, but we don't know exactly what caused that. Or we did, if we wanted to forecast 20% more growth next year, we wouldn't know what to double down on that worked really well the past year. Yeah. Yeah. So an excellent question. That is like the perfect question to kind of bridge the two together. So yes, EOS to summarize, was a great frame and still is a great framework for laying out those initial goals. 
I think what we started to notice was we'd have certain, um, you know, distributed either company-wide, they're called like rocks or company-wide tasks or whatever it was to either have done by the end of the quarter or annual goals or things like that. And what was happening is like, we might cross off all of those and actually get them done. And yet we didn't hit our revenue number. We didn't hit our, uh, you know, profitability, whatever it might be. I work a little bit more toward revenue, so I won't get into our operations as much, but um, we generally were still, at least from like a revenue perspective is like, why, like, what was the issue from a marketing standpoint? Why didn't we bring in the amount of leads we needed to close deals or what, like, what are all these in-between things that were missing that maybe aren't working? And so those rocks or those tasks, so to speak, that came out of, that come out of like leadership planning and things like that were very helpful in creating like directional shifts. But when we went to reevaluate around like, particularly the growth metric of like revenue, why weren't we hitting that? And what was it about that that was um, that we could be a little bit better about tracking, setting up well, having objectives, actions, and things like that? Because also from EOS, some of those tasks or rocks were company-wide and also like not just within sales and marketing. They were related to hiring. They were related to, you know, other growth factors. And I think- sure when we when we talk about like growth as it pertains to revenue growth there are a lot of sub factors specifically for that area that we're like hey we're, we don't have a lot of clarity on why things aren't working when they did it was great but when they weren't it was like why didn't that work why are we still having trouble there like what are the pieces that all add up to a higher revenue number and uh, we were we felt like that might have been missed or that definitely was missing we were asking questions we didn't have answers to the questions around revenue felt almost too open-ended that we didn't have a lot of direction to be like, well, why are we low on revenue and where do we look for that? Cause there's as any business know, there's probably like a thousand reasons why you could be, you know, low on revenue or certain growth metrics you had in place. So that was like the, still the thing I think we wanted to, and still want to improve on to get better clarity or visibility into like, why, why didn't it work or why did it work? Does that make sense? Awesome. So let's say, let, let's do before the recent changes that you've made over the past one to two quarters to answer those questions. Sure. Let's take a really, you know, we can make it super stripped down. Maybe not, doesn't have to come like right from your company, but you, you know, like if your company or, or let's just say an ethereal agency is using EOS yeah. Um, and what would be an example of like a typical, is, is there like a North star target or are these rocks each their own equal goals? Like how would, let's say we want to use EOS to grow revenue. What are some of the things that you're doing? Like so the broad steps that you're taking with that? Yeah. Great question. So, um, and I will, I'll plug this right now. Not that we get anything from it because we absolutely don't. Uh, the, the starter book for this is like, what the heck is EOS? That's, there's like an orange book behind my bookshelf, um, right there for, if this is just audio, there's a bookshelf behind me. Um, but yeah, there's it's a couple color coded very nicely as well, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what the heck is EOS would be the starting point for that. But how that looks is, so our leadership team, uh, we have a phenomenal leadership team and they meet for their kind of department heads and they'll meet for, uh, you know, normal quarterly annual planning and things like that. And EOS breaks down goal setting into a couple different uh, 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 time timelines and, and how you build off of that. So the first would be, you know, you have your one year uh, or your one year layout, your one year plan. You have a three year picture and like a 10 year target. So it really those types of things are building off a of vision. It's like, all right, 10 years, you know, these are some big, aggressive, hairy goals, but they're not super detailed because it's like, who knows 
where you're going to be at 10 years, all right? Three years, a little bit more structured, built off of some of your more shorter term things, midterm things. And then your one year is much more detailed, obviously. So you have a couple key elements of that. You have your uh, your revenue goal for that annual, uh, annual year. Um, you have depending on what your other goals are. So let's say you have profitability and you want, you know, 20% margin across the board. Well, that would then be a goal as well, baked into that revenue number. Um, you might have an expense reduction, whatever it is, you have kind of your financial, your key financial metrics that you're trying to hit on there. And then you have what are called like measurables. So you might have between three and five of these measurables underneath that, that uh, the company feels would be key indicators or key leading uh, areas of performance that would most heavily influence that number. So if you're a product, you know, let's say you're a SaaS company working through this, I imagine, for example, you might have um, your average contract value needs to be a certain amount based on, you know, the number of clientele that you have, or uh, you feel like the, you know, you have to ship X number of product features in order to keep up or even maintain that value. And so there's a couple different things like that that are certainly more of these higher level objectives, but there's still key objectives that you, the company has decided, hey, these are our core focuses for this year that we believe if we hit these objectives, we'll bake into that and, and ultimately uh, help us achieve that revenue number. Then from there, if you could picture kind of where we're at from top level down, we keep going down and that gets broken down into like organizational or company-wide tasks that certain departments or department heads will own. Uh, so let's say the average contract value uh, piece might, uh, hey, we need to increase this from, you know, whatever it is, 15,000 to 20,000. Okay. Maybe your sales team is actually going to be the ones on that because they just need to be able to, you know, push higher contracts. Maybe your uh, product team is going to be on that because they need to increase the value of the product offering itself. And that's more tied to them. And so you just decide, all right, who's going to own this, um, this kind of company-wide task or they're called rocks within this. You could imagine it because it's like a bigger boulder. You really, it takes some pushing up a hill. And those are your, you know, core focuses for the quarter. That way everyone's aligned and everyone sees this. Um, we'll review it on, you know, monthly calls or even annual after annual calls or things like that. Everyone in our company sees like, hey, these are the things that as a company we're pushing across. And then lastly, that will get broken down into each department when each department has their departmental meetings or departmental uh, get togethers, whatever it is, that will be broken down into department rocks and then individual rocks. So even me, I have like three to five, generally it's going to be somewhere between three and five because it's manageable for a quarter of my main focus is like, what is it I need to get across the finish line by the end of the quarter? If nothing else, what are the things that uh, roll into those company-wide rocks roll into those measurables and those measurables roll into higher level goals around revenue, profitability, et cetera. Uh, so I know that was kind of quick and, and doesn't you know cover the, the, the full gamut of it, but that's generally how it works to be able to tie together, hey, here's the revenue number and we can trace it back down to like what Mark in you know marketing is doing uh, on Got it. the next day to try and find out like, and then vice versa, right? As, a, as an employee of a company, you can look at your rocks look at the things you're trying to push forward and understand how they play into the bigger picture of what you're trying to achieve as an organization. Okay. This is awesome. This breakdown is super helpful. Um, couple, couple quick questions then before we kind of like, uh, what I want to do is take that 
run through like a simple scenario and at the end help listeners and myself understand like, okay, what's still, what, when we go through that, what's lacking? And then how did you fill that? What was the new system that you filled that with? Yeah. Um, so my one question is, um, and obviously this is a crash course in this. I understand your, this is like a sure. lot to unpack. Yeah, the, the rocks, are they more seen as these, these rock, rocks or, or projects or tasks? Um, are they, we talk in a data box about output um, versus outcome metrics. So like an output metric might be number of blog posts published for the outcome of or monthly organic traffic or monthly yeah. organic visits. Are these, are these like, rinse and repeat out uh output things that the like the marketing department is going to output this amount every week or every month in an attempt to hit you know trickle all the way back up to that revenue goal or are these outcome many outcomes they're aiming for like hey we want marketing to be at we want them to get to a hundred thousand uh uniques or sessions a month in organic traffic Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. I actually very much want to get into like input versus output because that is something that we've seen, or at least I've seen in our area, a, a massive value uh, add or, or a place to look at being output versus input. So very glad you brought that up. Um, so in re in relation to that, it I would say the the rocks, the actual quarterly rocks, they lean towards inputs. Um, as for an example, so if we're if we're viewing output as like, hey, hit a uh, hundred thousand in, you know, upsells or whatever it is that being the output, then the input rock for that might be, you know, the, uh, let's say the client services team uh, puts in a process or implements a process for monthly client meetings um, with the description of like trying to figure out basically how to upsells, how do we, how do we create more value for clients? And so the input for that would be the, the client services team figuring out how to meet with clients more frequently so that they can uh, find what other needs they have as it, as it relates to the rest of the services within the business model. Um, so yeah, it would probably, the rocks would probably lean toward more inputs in the sense that it's like, hey, let's put this thing in place in order to achieve X you know, number or whatever the result is that we're going for. So, in, so for example, a department rock or an individual might be like sales have 25 conversations a week or 25 outbound messages or something. Sure. Sure. It's you, I say, I feel like just looking at it across the board, it tends to be, um, that's why I say it's kind of in between. It tends to be a major, a major input. So what I mean by that is like, uh, what you're mentioning, we have then what I, what I mentioned on like a scorecard. So we also have these then like week by week, we're looking at very micro inputs, which are that, like how many, how many calls did we make? How many posts did we publish? How many, those are like the more micro inputs. The, the uh, quarterly rocks are more of the macro input. So it's like, speaking of blogs, if it's a, um, you know, if this, if the scorecard metric or the more weekly thing that we're reviewing is number of blogs written or published or keywords owned or whatever it is, the quarterly rock for that might be, uh, you know, implement a uh, a writing process for organization-wide thought leadership. And so we're trying okay. to figure out. Now, you know what I'm saying? Like the rock usually is more of a, it's usually systematic. It's like something that needs to be put in place, something that needs to be like shipped or something that um, really needs a, a heavy lift. And then more of the micro inputs are going to be those, then it goes down one more volume or one more tier into a, what are called scorecard metrics. And that's like, 
week by week, we're sitting there reviewing like, okay, sales team, how many, you know, how many ops did you have? How many calls did you have? How many leads did you have? Any close one, et cetera, et cetera. So the rocks are like systems that facilitate output. And then the scorecards are kind of the more like minor detail way of measuring that output. Correct. Yeah. So great example would be sales. It's like the, the rock might be higher one inbound and one outbound person. So that's like a, it's like for the, let's say sales manager, that might be their rock. But then the things they're measuring on a weekly basis are like, again, number of calls, number of leads, number of closed one or something like that. But the rock is like, hey, can we put a sales team in place, basically? Okay. Hey, just a quick interruption. In past episodes, you've heard guests give advice like... The first step is just like actually measuring and monitoring, right? Which sounds very fundamental, but a lot of companies don't even do that, right? If you ask for like, hey, do you have a monthly kind of report of like what's happening in the funnel? It's like, oh, well, we have this over here and we have this over here and we have the traffic data and GA. So the first thing I think is like build out you know, a presentation uh, that you're updating every single month. Or it's way easier if you have all this stuff being centralized somewhere and can look at it. And I promise that's completely unprompted. We try to book smart B2B leaders and learn how they're driving more predictable growth. And they end up sharing advice like that. And Databox makes it easy to do all of that and more. You can track your marketing, sales, revenue, and CS performance all in one place. It lets you build custom dashboards and view metrics from over 80 tools side by side. You can schedule PDF reports that automatically update your data in real time and send to your team or your clients. You can even set up custom Slack alerts that alert you when you hit your goals or when numbers spike or dip. If you want to try it totally free, just go to databox.com or click the link in the show notes. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah. Okay. So, so now like going through an example of this to obviously the strengths are pretty evident, right? Like I can see how you're probably keeping, it seems like you have individual contributors now understanding how the work they're doing is helping the community, if you will, or like the team, everyone's carrying rocks together to achieve yeah. this, this, ma- you know, this, this massive goal. There's these three kind of big financial goals at the top revenue, you know, you listed maybe there's others. So let's say, Hypothetically, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go through an example of my brain with my 15 minute education on this on, right. on EOS. But um, let's say, you know, like we want to grow, want to grow revenue by 10% this year. Um, so what you'll do is you'll dictate all the measurables that need to happen. Then you will distribute all the quarterly rocks that need to happen that year that you think are going to get you there. The hope is if everyone carries these rocks kind of the top of the hill at this revenue goal, and then every department, the marketing manager, the sales manager is saying, okay, this is our like quarterly marketing rock. Let's ship this up and distribute it among the team members. So you get done a year of activity. Every, every individual, it sounds like has somewhere between three and five kind of rocks or goals or, or, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's fair to call them KPIs, but they're they're tracking these, they're, they're aiming at these goals, these three to five goals for a quarter or for a year. When you got done and you did not increase, you know, you increased 2% in revenue, not 10%. Mm-hmm. What what were you missing? Like what was unclear? Like where did that process fail that you that you felt there needed to be like subsequent improvement that you all that that's where we'll go to kind of at the end? Sure. Yeah. 
So one, I'll preface it with, you know, the natural, <laughs> natural environment of business is like, hey, we're taking, you know, a calculated risk here and hoping that this works to a certain extent. Sometimes sure. it does, sometimes it doesn't, sure, right? Sure, sure. But more than that, yeah, it was looking at some of these things and figuring out like, okay, they, they all, I think anyone who, who really works in strategy and brand and business and marketing, wherever you're working in, if we're honest, is most things don't have a direct impact on revenue, right? You, you kind of, some of them are, are, are sentiment-based, some of them are essence-based. It's like, hey, we need a good company culture, right? It's much harder. I'm sure people have tried many times, and maybe there are companies who can do it, is like tying culture to, you know, revenue. But those things are also very hard to obviously, you know, reverse engineer off of. It's like, well, did we have some turnover? Yeah. How did that relate to revenue? Yeah. Th- there's probably a connection, but it's more of a sure. correlation, right? So some of those rocks are distributed in ways that are not informative when it comes to revenue. Like there are things that you know need to be done structurally in the organization. There are things you know will play into the long-term vision. But when you come quarter by quarter or even toward the end of the year and uh, we're reviewing, at least I'm on what we have as a revenue team and we're really focused on like, what is it structurally and even more mathematically that didn't happen from a revenue perspective? Some of those rocks are not very informative because mm-hmm. by nature, they're more, they're more uh, structural than they are like mathematical to a certain extent. Got it. And so okay. even, you know, even I have rocks that are like, hey, let's, you know, let's look into X market and see where there's more market opportunity. And so we'll have like, it's more detailed than that. I promise that we're not that uh, casual. With it. <laughs> but generally it's like, hey, let's see if we can, you know, have like more of a niche market or whatever. So I'll go look into that. And that's more of a, it's an action item that didn't really have, it, it's kind of an input, it's kind of an output, but it's more directional than it is structural. Right. And so when I had question, part of my role and, and the team, the wonderful team that I work with and people I report to, we work on really trying to figure out like, hey, how do we how do we make sure we're hitting our revenue goals? Or if we're not, what's wrong? If we are great, what's what's going right? And I had a lot of questions is like, how are we how are we getting here? And our leadership team has a lot of the answers sometimes thought through, but they weren't necessarily uh, baked in already to the EOS framework or how that worked. And so every time I was going back and revisiting, like, what is our growth strategy? How do we plan to achieve that growth? Like, honestly, that being the question, because I think I've noticed over the years of my career and then talking to other people, when we talk about growth strategies, like what, what is your growth, what is your growth plan? Oh, we're going to grow by X percent and hit this number of revenue. That's great. That's not a plan. That's just that's a goal. Yeah. That's a goal. That's just the output. It has it informs nothing. The only thing it informs is like how much you ideally want to make. But if we really are honest, that number doesn't inform anything. It doesn't tell you what you need to get there. It doesn't really help understand like what that is. And so I think that became more of the thing where we had our, we had a clear vision. We had our output numbers baked. We also had these kind of company-wide rocks, but there wasn't really like the, the A plus B equals C type formula as far as our growth strategy. And I kept coming back to that. Like, how are we actually going to hit that number? Like how not, not necessarily like, well, what things do we think are in place, but how, like, this is math, so we need a certain structure. And I know our leadership team has thought it through, but I would like it to be more organized and on paper so we can come back, revisit it at the end of the quarter and actually see like, what did we do? Did that increase revenue? Did we hit our goals? And then the best thing about it is why or why not? You can actually have information about why it worked or why it didn't work. Um, 
So that would be the thing that was still kind of missing and really what we've worked on over the last couple of quarters of, of putting into place and figuring out how to have a better solution for that. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, let's let that's, that's perfect. That's super clear. Let's segue right into that. So what did that look like? So, so you're stepping in now to answer that question, the how question um, of like implementing a, a formula that is a plus B equals C versus it sounds like before uh, to your point, like strong vision casting, there's a lot that happens in leaderships. Like there's a lot of knowledge, experience, gut that leads to the rocks that obviously are like very strong bets of what they think will, but still there were things missing. So what, what did you, what steps did you take to implement there? Yeah. So, uh, so EOS is something that was already pre-existed. Someone create Gary, uh, God, I forget his name. So uh, sorry to whoever created that system. I'll That's right. We'll find, we'll find out and uh, try and link to it in the show notes. Okay. Um, what we're doing internally is actually around this is quite simple. It's not new, but it is extremely informative. So everyone has probably heard these type of terms before. You have your goals. It's not anything new. You have objectives and then actions, right? Um, the way that we started putting that in place, uh, to be honest with you, came about in a little little bit of a roundabout way. So we have a couple different departments. Not everyone works in client services, even though we're an agency. Uh, myself, I work a lot more on the agency. I still work on clients sometimes depending on what the project is, but we have different departments and things like that. And so our team works a lot on like the positioning of the agencies, creating services, all that type of stuff. But then we have our leaders of client services. We have our operations, we have our C-level suite, things like that. And so to be honest, the way it started was we constantly got questions or confusions about like, who are we? What do we do? You know, whatever. And to our team, it was like super clear. Like, well, we do this stuff all the time. How's their question? But you're onboarding new people. You have different departments working on different things. And so there can be uh, confusion. So I created what was called a master strategy guide. And most companies can relate to this. You have endless documents everywhere. Like, Everyone is working on some type of research, product, systems, uh, process, whatever it is. And it's just like, there's so many documents, which is fine. They're necessary to work off of. Like, I just want to create one document that doesn't have any of the information of how you got there or what it was. It only has the answers to key questions we get around organization, growth, growth strategy, brand strategy, marketing strategy, and sales strategy. For anyone in the organization who wants to see our brand strategy, here's what it is. Here's the answer. Here's the positioning. Here's the service offerings, whatever, for a marketing strategy. What do we do? We write X blogs. We do X podcast. We, you know, do YouTube video, whatever it is. Here's, here's how we create marketing assets, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the areas of that was the growth strategy. And I realized when I went to put that in, I was like, I don't know what the, I don't know if we're all clear on what the growth strategy is. And so that kind of brought up, I started asking questions and we started getting into some conversations around what are these key objectives that are going to help us actually achieve that. And then what are the actions off of those objectives? And so we, we kept harping in on that and realized like it was living in the heads of people across different departments, but we hadn't like planned it out or laid it out exactly in a way, at least in the way I'm, I'm talking about that helped us see our plan to achieve that growth as it right. related specifically to the financial elements, revenue, um, revenue specific, I'll, I'll stick to revenue for now. Um, it was solely focused around revenue. How are we going to increase revenue? And what is the formula off of that? Doesn't mean it's perfect, doesn't mean it's foolproof, but we started to work through that. And I can jump into what that 
actually looks like in a couple minutes here if you want yeah yeah no definitely so this so this is that that was when you unearthed it sounds like when you're putting together this single doc of complete company strategy this is where you're seeing um okay like you can't like you had everything else spelled out because that lives somewhere that was articulated in black and white and then you got to go strategy and it's like oh actually like what is this yeah um it sounds like and correct me if i'm wrong but it sounds like the the EOS framework was really strong in taking a vision and breaking it down into projects that would execute the vision, but that's not necessarily synonymous with like, we have a numerical goal we're aiming at next year. Literally, this should just be a line of formula and we don't have that formula. Correct. Or if we did, it was very like, you know, people kind of knew they, they might be working on something related to it, but I didn't know where was it. Did we have somewhere on paper that was like literally from, from goal to objective to action for revenue specifically, do we have a formula in place that we could look at and say, okay, here's variable one, here's variable two, here's variable three, that mathematically should wind up like this. That way we have some clarity. If it doesn't, what basically what happened and we can troubleshoot that a lot more and we even have you know something i've been working on called a, a revenue troubleshooting map uh that comes off of that a little bit too which we can talk about later but um yeah so we can dive right into it yeah so the goals are nothing new it could be as simple as like hey our goal is you know 10 million with you know 20 percent profitability let's say that's a that's a pretty decent business for most people um, so let's say that's your goal, right? Your objective, if, uh, if you are, again, I'll just use a, a common example. So if you're a tech company, your objectives answer the question of how you plan to achieve that growth. Like what is the plan? What are those variables to achieve that growth? So if there are three, one of them might be again, increasing, let's say average contract value, uh, to 18 K from 14,000 in, you know, 2022. So 18, it needs to be 18,000 2023 instead of uh, 14,000 in 2022. The second would be decrease uh, customer acquisition cost, you know, from 6,500 to, or, or from, you know, 8,000 to 6,500. Okay. That's, mm -hmm. you know, maybe more of a profitability goal getting to that 20%. Uh, the third one would be increase new business acquisition by 10%. So that's a calculable objective. And all, those three things mathematically should play. They're very simple. We're not, we don't have like 60 things here. They're just simple mathematical goals that we're looking at and hypothesizing. Hey, if we do these three things based on all the other numbers we have in place and everything else remaining equal, that, th that works out to our revenue goal. Like we, they're still objectives, they're not informative, excuse me, they're not informative yet, but they're clear objectives that are like the second tier down from that revenue or profitability goal. So basically these would be like levers that you figured out of, okay, yeah, like this is our goal. These are the three levers that have to be adjusted in these way if we want to hit it. And now you get down to this, like, now how do we actually hit it? Yes, that's a great way to put it. I'm going to start using that actually. Those are the, yes, those are the key <laughs> levers you've decided. And that comes from leadership. That comes from the wisdom and, and skill. Like, hey, let's have vision into our business and see what's going on. But yeah, it's kind of a reverse engineering uh, engineering off of that revenue number. And you're looking at like, these are the levers we're going to put attention towards basically. But again, it still doesn't answer like, how are you going to do that? So you have your plan, but now you need a little bit more information to answer the question. What do we need to do to support and execute that plan? 
and who will own each item or who will own each action. And that's what we call actions. Again, it's not, not fancy or sexy, but if you get the idea, we now have these goals, we have objectives, which are like kind of these uh, uh, pseudo goals that roll into that. The third is action. And so you take those same goals and you bullet them out. So you have increased average contract value, decreased customer acquisition costs and increased new business acquisition. Under those, you have uh, the inputs now that you're actually gonna work on. So the first input for increasing average contract value would be uh, increase your product tier pricing uh, from you know X to X. That doesn't rely on an external factor, that's internal. So you just need your revenue team or your pricing team or your C team, whoever's doing that to go in, shift the prices over time. And maybe have a, that person owns a little plan around, hey, month one, we're gonna create this tier, month two, we're gonna create this tier. But now you have an input of how you're gonna increase the average contract value and how that average contract value is gonna increase revenue. The second of that average contract value uh, action might be ship two new features by quarter two. This would be, and you could list those out, you know, feature X, feature Y. Um, but again, that's an input. That's something that internally you can, you can do and it doesn't depend on external factors. It's solely internal of like, as long as we have the people, the skills, et cetera, to do it, that's something we can input and that's gonna roll up into increasing average contract value. So we have more product value. We've also increased the price. Those two things work together. We can increase average contract value. Same thing for, you know, uh, let's say increase new business acquisition. Maybe you're, you need to uh, diversify your sales. So you say, I'm, we're gonna hire an outbound sales rep and sales and HR owns that. So again, that's technically it's external because you're hiring someone else, but relatively it's not an output measurement. It's an input of like, this is something we're going to put in place that will help us increase this by 10%. The second might be, we're gonna implement an ABM strategy. So that is a hypothesis for those who don't know, account-based management or account-based market, yeah, account-based management um, is, is a strategic approach to sales to be a little bit more targeted in your niche, et cetera. And so that is an input. It's an action that you're doing to create new business. Or if you remember that objective was increase new business acquisition and it goes by like 10%. So you're putting in an outbound sales team. So now you're diversifying the way that you can create more sales. And the second is like it in the sense that you are deploying an ABM strategy. So you're putting a new rhythm or tool in place in order to do that. Um, and those are actionable and have a person who's owning those. So that might be your BDR or your sales rep or whoever it is. Um, and that way by, I, I'll stop there. Actually, we can talk about what, what implications that has, but that's kind of the concept here is you have your goal, your objective, the first two are outputs, but then you have inputs, actions that are clear and based off of those objectives. So there's a, there's a much clearer formula and not as much of a gap between them. Okay. Okay. So you're defining outputs. It sounds like as uh, results that you want to happen as a result of implementing this plan. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair to say. It's the ideal outcome of these things. And um, then inputs is like, what are the things we can control internally to make that happen? Correct. I, I think that's a good way to put, as we're talking, I think that's a good way to look at those is like, those are, they're not dependent on results. They're, they're just actions. That's what they are. They're just actions you can execute on. Um, it's the, it's the actions basically are just a hypothesis. I mean, calculated a sure. hypothesis of, Hey, if we do this, if we put this energy effort focus in, these are the outcomes that we ideally will see. And those outcomes are the yeah goals and objectives. So, um, so 
there's an, there's a a question slash uh, example that comes to my mind, obviously being in marketing. So mm-hmm. like increase new, so, in, you know, you laid out the example just to summarize for listeners. So the goal, there's goals, objectives, actions, the goals and objectives together make up the plan and mm-hmm. the actions make the steps that you're going to take to hit that plan and to see that come about. The yeah. goal is 10 million in revenue with 20% profit margin. The objective is like, what are the levers or the right combo of levers we think is going to help us hit that objective? One of them that you said was increase new business by 10%. So if I'm a SaaS company and I'm, I'm the marketing manager at a, at a SaaS company and I'm guessing, or, or I guess I'll, I'll pose it as how I'm thinking about it, but it's really a question, even if it doesn't have an inflection at the end. Sure, yeah. um, so if, so you would come to me and say, okay, um, one of our objectives in 2023 is to increase new business by 10%. Obviously as marketing, you know, you have a huge business. Um, and so are you coming to me to suggest like, is my team's is, is that, does my team own that entire objective? Is that a shared objective across teams? Um, if, and then, and then the follow-up to that is, are you, Am I, as the marketing manager, is my team basically saying, here's our three best like initiatives we think are going to move the needle on that or five initiatives. Like, is there some bottoms up or top, like top down? Like, how does that work specifically in that example? Like, are the teams coming to you saying, here's what we think are most effective to hit those objectives? Or is leadership saying, hey, marketing, you've got to help us increase business by 10%. And these are the things we think are going to go, you know, are going to do that. Please run with that. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the classic answer, it depends, but I'll define the parameters for that. It depends. Okay. So we'll still have a good answer here. I hope. Uh, so the, it depends, depends on the structure of your organization and how you're kind of running with things. If you're pretty small, it could just be an organization wide thing. Everyone owns that. Uh, kind of similarly, even in a small organization, I'm talking like five people or less, you still want to have someone whose head is on that eight, not for blame, not for cause, but someone who's like pushing that forward or rolling that forward the most. Um, in most organizations, I would say that the objective is going to be departmental, maybe. And so you might have your, you know, uh, so RevOps is becoming a lot more popular now. And so teams are struck, most teams, at least we've talked to are interested or at least creating the idea of like a revenue team or a team that's combining sales and marketing. So that might be like the team's objective, even though the company is looking at it as an objective, like client services isn't really going to be responsible for new business, depending on, you know, how right. you're structured. If they're, they're focusing on fulfillment, that should not be their goal really. Cause they, they don't have time. They're not responsible for that, et cetera. So it's probably going to be your, your like sales department, your uh, maybe your leadership, whatever it is, however your company is structured. In our case, let's say that'd be our revenue team goal, which is comprised of both sales strategy and marketing. So we have like a couple different dynamics within that uh, within that department. So the objective again would be to it's probably most likely it's it's department. The actions under that. So you use the example of increasing, you know, uh, new business acquisition by ten percent. Ideally, yeah, the that would be set as a goal informed by, let's say, department heads, and you'd come to the marketing and sales team or marketing and or sales team and say, like, hey, how would we do this? And you're probably mm-hmm. going to get some people that don't want to talk to you till the next day because you're like, don't ask me to increase our new business by ten percent. Um, but realistically, you might get it's more of a conversation of like, hey, what you know, what have we done historically? 
assuming this is a realistic goal or all that being said and done, how can we actually get there? What moves do we have to put into place? And really that's a conversation of like, well, do we have enough people to actually achieve that? And how would we achieve that? Uh, we got it. We probably need to hire an outbound rep instead of relying just on inbound. Okay. That might be something we consider. Second is like, well, you know, we really struggle to uh, have more traction within uh, clients. We're not industries, but we're pretty industry agnostic. And that's a problem that we have. So you'd start talking, I think about basically the reasons why you wouldn't get there, or what's standing in the way. And those actions would then come out of the, those inputs would come out of like a, a, an agreed thought of like, hey, here is our hypothesis of if we do this, it will result in that objective, which will result in that. And that's generally going to have either a person's name to it or the position. So like, hey, v, you know, sales VP or uh, head of HR or something like that. And they, they're, it's always a team effort, but that's the person who we can come to and say like, hey, what, you know, what thing, what resources do you need? Or what are we doing to move this forward? Or they're the person that generally should be, um, pushing that forward, or at least the lead on kind of getting that moving, even if they are very likely deploying and distributing um, the workload throughout a team and using other resources. But yeah, that would be basically be owned by someone. Okay. Super helpful. That's I, yeah, I, I love this. Uh, I love the breakdown that you've given here. Um, it's clear how this in combination with EOS maybe paints a fuller picture or helps everyone feel like, okay, now actually like, you know, we as the marketing team can help construct a plan because it, it informs some of these things. It, it flushes some of these things out. What are some of the, uh, I guess the um, qualitative or quantitative results you've sort of seen? However you think about that, you don't, they don't need to be like, yeah. oh, we, you know, we've definitely improved. Does it, you know, qualitatively, does it feel like everyone's on the same page? Does it feel like you have more clarity? Like what are some of the results you've seen from implementing this this supplement to EOS? Yeah, I'll start with the qualitative. Um, so one of the biggest reasons we've even done this, I should clarify too, is not because no one had the answers to these questions. Some of them not so much is like, oh, we got to think about that. But therein lies a little bit of the friction or the challenge is like, you come to the table, it's like, what are we doing to do this? And you kind of get this, this mixed, not, I don't want to say mixed message, that sends the wrong message. It, more of like, Hey, let, let's try and find that answer. And then you do it again in two weeks and it's kind of simple. Well, let's try, well, how did we, what did we decide on again? How did we decide? And it's very, it can be very sporadic and things move fast in business. So you're like, well, what did we really decide we're going to be consistent and disciplined about in this quarter? Uh, and how does everyone know that? Because then you get, even if you have a team of three, one of those person being the, the, the manager or director, or whoever it is, one of those people, let's say on your sales lead and one of those people on your marketing lead, you could be the kindest, most uh, positive intentioned person. And still those sales and marketing people could be like, well, I'm running with this. And this person being like, I'm running with that out of the best interest of their company. But if they're not constantly seeing the same objective and the same goal and the same things and how that plays into the growth plan, there's a lot of like, well, we tried this, but she was doing that. Well, we should have worked on this more. And even if you're not blaming one another, it's like, well, why didn't, it, what did we actually do? Why did we do that? Why? And it's more of the, how did we come to this conclusion? And it's also not fair to the leadership. Like, how did we come to this conclusion? Oh, that was eight months ago when we were sitting in Austin, Texas over lunch. And we decided, you know, like, so having them on paper, I'd say the biggest qualitative thing is like, hey, we, we all agreed on this. And it doesn't mean we can't pivot if it's really necessary. But let's just remind each other, this is what we're trying to move forward and keep 
as the big shiny thing we're running towards. Otherwise, you're going to get distracted by a lot of a lot of other shiny. Oh, this little opportunity came up, or this came up, or that. It's like by the end of the quarter, you've actually not moved the needle significantly in any one direction. You've really just chased a bunch of little things, and you don't know why you didn't hit your revenue goal. So qualitatively, I'd say that's the biggest thing in understanding revenue and how we're breaking down the measurement for revenue and strategically trying to uh, plan to get to revenue, uh, revenue specifically. Um, and qualitatively, I think I think that's been the best part, even though those answers exist somewhere in the organization. It's really just an organizational thing, having that clarity in one place that we keep coming back to. For the second piece, being qualitative and a little bit quantitative, is at the end of the quarter, you come back and you look at those top tier actions. So let's say we talked about the increased pricing thing. Did you increase pricing? And if so, by how much? Did we do that? Okay, we did. Great. Uh, second thing, uh, decreased customer acquisition costs. We didn't, or we only decreased by this much. Why? And so you have even that small element of why did we fail? You're not blaming anyone. It's someone's fault, probably. Most people are intentional on doing their job well, but why didn't we? Is it not realistic? Could we? Do we need to look at different channels? So now you have either somewhere else to look the next quarter, or you can change your direction of like, hey, we can't rely on this as, an, as a way of decreasing you know, cost or whatever it is. And it just is what it is at this point. Whatever it is, it informs the next piece of information because you had a consistent piece that you either, it's a yes or a no. And then once you have that, it's like, well, it did or it didn't work, why? And you probably will, because a person owned that, because you had a plan for it, you can look at that. And then you can also look at your revenue number and you had a clear cut formula for achieving that revenue number. Remember earlier we said it is a formula. You now have variables that you can look at and say, what was the variable that was either most responsible, least responsible, um, anywhere in between that range of either helping us move closer to that goal, achieve that goal, or not hit that goal. And you can kind of evaluate because you had this formula a little bit more mathematically drawn out um, versus one that maybe didn't have as much connectivity to it. And you have a lot of missing pieces in between that like you're trying to review six months ago what you were thinking and i don't to be honest like i don't remember what are, what were we working through that oh we were doing this right like okay. you know what i'm saying like it's so much more helpful to be able to have this highlighted thing at the end of the quarter yes we increased pricing no we didn't decrease acquisition costs hey we increased new business by eight percent all right let's double down in that area what else do we need to keep going in that area great we didn't hit our goal or oh we did hit our goal these things worked let's keep moving that direction right so yeah right yeah i was gonna say it gives you the ability to say oh okay like of the three objectives we tried, these two actually worked. Can we squeeze a little bit more out of them to grow mm -hmm. even more next year? It probably starts to inform, I'm guessing you're going to be using this to help inform forecasting as well. Like I know a lot of companies kind of feel like they're picking a number out of the air a little bit yeah. um, of like, okay, like what do we like, where, you know, where would we like to be with like a kind of like a dream number, but like kind of gut wise, what do we think we can do? Yeah. Um, this probably provides a little bit more data on like, accurate forecasting as well for sure yeah and we have a lot i mean wonderfully intelligent uh men and women on our staff that you know think through those things operations and costs and all that type of stuff and projecting that um but yeah i think it it certainly can inform those things uh there's also a ton of similarity between eos and this it wasn't this definitely wasn't reinventing the wheel it was a way to just plug some gaps to to inform what we're doing and i think that clarity then yeah could come to is like okay can we really can we rely on either this amount of resources or this amount of, like you just said, can we set a revenue goal that high? Is that not realistic? Or, um, you know, uh, most good CEOs are, are fairly aggressive visionaries and that's a good thing.
but I also know most good CEOs are, are phenomenal listeners and understand like that balance between aggressive and, and realistic and can kind of move that as needed. And I think having a lot of those things documented, what did and what didn't work, absolutely. You can go back and say like, hey, was that, is that something that we can count on next time? Is that, you know, we have a benchmark now, even if you, the first time we did it, I'll be honest with you, I set a objective, or I didn't set the objective, but we had an objective and I was working through this and we reviewed it in the next quarter, we had a quarterly business review and we were reviewing it. And I was like, that was not a good way to set an objective because it had too many variables. We couldn't measure all, I think it was like, say acquire new business with a higher ceiling of potential for, you know, uh, both work volume and cost. And I was like, there's like six variables in there. And it was a learning opportunity of like, all right, that's, that's not a helpful or inf a well-informed <laughs> objective because we couldn't like, honestly, it goes back to like elementary or middle school, like set smart goals. Like the S stands for, uh, something M stands for something and me being measurable is like, Hey, there's, there's only one variable here. So we know whether we've hit it or not. Um, right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Frank, thank you for breaking this down. Uh, I feel like this is super practical and insightful. Uh, hopefully if you're, you know, a B2B leader listening, um, you're going to be able to implement some of these lessons at your company. Uh, where can people find your firm and kind of follow along with you on social? I know we connect to LinkedIn. Is that the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn for me. Uh, yeah. Frank Rocchio, I'm sure uh, have some details on that, but yeah, just find me on LinkedIn. Happy to connect. If you haven't noticed already, I love to talk. I don't think I'm <laughs> best at it, but we'll talk. I'm sure nonetheless. Um, loanforcreative.com. Uh, that's loan. I'll clarify loan for F I R. Uh, a lot of people say like, is it loan fire? Which is totally understandable, but no, it's loan fur, like a Douglas fir tree. Great story behind that. If you're ever curious, ask our CEO. Um, but yeah, on our website. And then we also just, uh, we just launched a podcast as well called oh, sweet. Marketing Tomorrow. So a little plug for that. Uh, it just launched a couple of days ago. We're talking about what's now, what's new and what's next in marketing. So you could follow along there if you want as well. Awesome. Yeah. Go listen, subscribe. Uh, this has been awesome. Thank you for, thank you for coming on. Yeah. And I am going to give a little plug for Databox. Uh, I was not asked to do this, but a phenomenal <laughs> tool our team uses. Um, I can promise you that we, we use a ton of talking about data and growth goals. We use a ton of data to inform these things. I know our team members have had a blast using it, setting benchmarks and helping with some of those tools. So I was not asked to do that. Uh, that's not why we're here, but I do need to share that because it's a genuine, it's a genuine, uh, feeling. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, we definitely try and make it like all education and give, but it's always great feedback to hear that it's a helpful tool for people. So thanks for of saying course. that. Um, yeah. all right. Awesome. We'll, uh, see you all in the next episode. Great. Thanks very much. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.